you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the book of James. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 21. James chapter 1. James talks about practical Christian living. And that's something that we need to be about, is practical. We don't make it complicated, don't make it hard, just practical Christian living. Begin with verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Make sure you get that. God does not tempt man. He tests us. The devil is the one that tempts us. So don't say that it's God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err. The words, do not stray, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth, that we should be firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not in the righteousness of God. Wherefore, put away all filthiness with wickedness and receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. Father, I pray that you would speak through us today. Lord, I realize I have nothing to say, but your holy word is powerful, and it does have words to say. And Lord, I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just touch us in a mighty way today, that you'd make your presence known to every soul in this room, and that we would make decisions for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The scene is in the Garden of Eden where God is talking to Adam, and he simply says, Adam, what have you done? And he simply said, that woman that you gave me tempted me. And he says to Eve, what have you done? And she says, the serpent beguiled me, tricked me, and fooled me. And I partook of the fruit. And I did give to my husband, and he partook. And the bottom line was, that it broke God's heart. Have your heart been broken lately? A broken heart. You know, only the love of God can fix a broken heart. I think many times I probably broke my daddy's heart and broke my mother's heart with the way I was living and the things that I was doing. And to have to ask for forgiveness is not easy. And I'm satisfied many times I have broken God's heart. I want you to think about it this morning. A broken heart. God's broken heart. Heartaches of God. God's a real person. We're going to see him one day. We're going to stand before him one day and give an account of this life. Yeah, even the brokenness. We're going to give an account of it. Many years ago, Flip Wilson popularized the idea the devil made me do it. And he's exactly right. 
the devil makes us do it. He tricks us. He entices us. He draws us. because It says in a word, do not err, or do not stray. Do not be tricked into going and taking a side trip. Stay on the straight and narrow. It's not easy. It is not easy to stay on the straight and narrow for God. Because the devil is powerful. In fact, he's the second most powerful being in the universe. You and I are no match for him. You realize and know that he attacked Jesus out there when Jesus was weak and tired and hungry and he attacked him. Now, if he'll attack the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I are nothing. We must be on guard. We must be careful. In effect here, Adam was blaming God. He said, the woman you gave me. Why do we do that? All of us, we're all guilty of blaming somebody else. It's not easy to take the rap. Hey, just blame me. Just put it on me. I can handle it. Do this. Do. But a lot of folk, hey, hey, I wasn't doing a thing. I remember going to the jailhouse one night for my oldest son. <laughs> I wasn't doing nothing, Daddy. I said, no, I guess you wasn't, but I'm on this side of the bars and you on that side. So who's done something wrong here? Somebody done something. You know, you don't just get behind bars just from walking down the street minding your own business. But we want to blame somebody else. Always. We want to put the blame on somebody else. You know something? There, listen. There is no excuse that will excuse us from sin. There is none. No excuse for it. If any of you in here know anything about laying brick, one of the things that a bricklayer is always embarrassed if he says, I got a hog in the wall. Now, if you don't know what that is, that means there's more courses on this end of the wall than there are on that end. You say, that's impossible. Oh, no, it is not. It is very possible. I can take you to the place where I first where I was introduced to my first hog in the wall. And I done it. And it took me a while to figure out where I went wrong. And I can hear my daddy saying, there's no excuse for a hog in the wall. It's carelessness. All you've got to do is count. You can't cover it up. You can't hide it. You, if, now, if you're real wise and smart, you can, you can well, you can't fix it. <laughs> you, you can't. <laughs> You can't fix, you can cheat, you can cheat. You can start picking up a little on this end and holding down a little on that end and the ordinary person will never see it. A hog in the wall is like sin in the Christian's life. The lost person may not see it, but you know it and I know it. Now if they pick up on it, as a superintendent might stand back and say, boy, there's something not right about that wall. I'm not sure. Lay a level on that wall, would you? And when you lay a level on the wall, the bubble is not in the middle. But a lot of times it don't show up with a naked eye. And when God lays the level on us, if there's sin that's is, is embedded in our lives somewhere, that hog is laying in there, it'll show up. And one day, God's going to lay the level on us. He's going to lay it on us. 
I never will forget, down in, uh, off a of wild hog road, way down in Anderson County. So, boy, and I was laying brick. We counted our courses. We cut loose laying. We were almost up to the foundation level where the foundation vents go. And I got to count, and I said, Beatty, I said, I don't think we're right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Lay brick. I said, I'm going to count them again. I counted mine. I went down and counted Sure enough, it was a hog in the wall. This is what he said. He had more experience in those days than I had. He said, oh, he said, it'll come out when we cross the vents. <laughs> well, I didn't have no more sense to believe him. Went right on. Boss man showed up. Went to check it. Boy, hey, something ain't right about that thing. I said, I know it wasn't right. See, you know what I was saying? But it was his fault. I tried to tell him, hey, you know, we want to get out of it when we know we're just as guilty. What I should have done, step back, I'm not laying another brick. I'm not. When we realize and know that we're in the wrong, we need to just step back. If nothing else, sit down and say, look, I'm quitting until this thing is straightened out. It breaks God's heart. Has your heart been broken lately? Let me share with you. Temptation, first of all, does not come from God. Verse 13 bears that out. So don't, please don't. Don't blame God. It's not God's fault. You see, excuses run out. And first thing we want to do is blame God. Well, God, if I hadn't given in, if I hadn't surrendered to preach, I wouldn't be in the mess I'm in. Oh, no, no. You got yourself in the mess you're in. You know, it's amazing to me. See, when I think back, way back, Hey, I'm 70. I got to think way back. I don't remember preachers getting in messes like they are today. I don't understand it. Other than the devil, they let him creep in. Running off with some woman. Or molesting some child. I just, I can't, I don't, I don't understand that. Other than it's sin. And when they, when they're questioned, well, hey, I was just doing my job. No, you were not doing your job. You were representing the devil in sheep's clothing. You know, I, I, well, there is no excuse. Temptation does not come from God. God cannot be tempted. I'll tell you something else you don't do, and I learned this early on. You do not bargain with God. Well, God, if you'll do this, then I'll do that. Uh, that don't get it. They don't get it. God's word is plain, it's simple, and it's right down the line. You either follow it or you don't follow it. God cannot be tempting. And yet God doesn't tempt man. Uh, he's a tester. Why does he want to test us? So we can see where we are. Now in a classroom setting, a teacher tests us so she can find out where we are. God tests us so we can find out where we are. God knows where we are. And he sends test after test after test to cause us to become stronger in the faith. Stronger in the faith. So when the storms come, and they will come, and when the wind blows, and it will blow, that we can be able to stand on the word of God without fear and not have to blame somebody else for the situation we might find ourselves in. 
Temptation does not come from God, first of all. Second of all, temptation is a carrying away by one's own lust, according to verse 14. But let it, but let every man, when he is tempted, he is drawn away. Listen, that drawing power that Satan has, he has more drawing power than you and I do. It's like a magnet. You take two, two magnets, if, if, they're, if they're not together where they're supposed to be, they will flip. One will flip, or both of them will, and they'll join up right. When you go against the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, it's tension. It's pressure. It's a drawing. It's a pushing away. But when we are lined up with God, just like those magnets, we'll join in. We'll be connected with him, and we'll stay with him. Listen, I don't ask for situations, okay? Although I may cause some. I I don't ask for situations. I thank you for your prayers. You know, hey, how am I doing? I'm one step away from falling. That's how I'm doing. It comes without warning. Somebody told me yesterday, said, do not go around with your hands in your pocket. Said, because if you start to fall, you may not have time to get your hands out. But the purpose said he's like an airplane. He's always looking for a place to land. <laughs> I like that. I be looking for a place to land. Hey, if things don't do right, you're going down. You need to be hunting somewhere to land. But God don't tempt us. But we are carried away by our own, not somebody else's lust, The Bible says our own lust. Temptation is only a temptation when there is a desire. Now think about David. The Bible says in the year that kings went forth to battle, David stayed at home. King David stayed at home. He let everybody else go and fight the battles. And while Bathsheba was taking a bath, he saw her. The Bible don't say she was naked, but she was. Now, some translations might say she would, but you don't take a bath with your clothes on. So he saw her. He inquired of her. He committed sin with her. You know, it's one thing to look. If he'd have looked and said, well, God really made a beautiful creature out of her and went on about his business, but he didn't. He inquired about her. He got her. He had sex with her. She had a baby. The baby died. And it was one thing after another, all because he fell for the temptation. He lusted, he wanted, and he he went at it at all cost. And it cost him a man after God's own heart. Let me tell you something. I know for a fact sin will carry you further than you intended to go. I know for a fact sin will cost you more than you intended on spending. And sin will cause you to stay longer than you intended on staying But I thank God for his amazing grace. One for that amazing grace, y'all. Hey, every one of us in here this morning, we'd be be wasting our time sitting right here. We'd be on our way to hell, and we didn't know when it was going to happen, but we know it's going to happen without amazing grace. Temptation does not come from God. It comes from the devil. Temptation is a carrying away by our own lust. Thirdly, temptation leads to sin. When we look at verse 15, it says, Then when sin, then when lust hath conceived, in other words, it's got us, it bringeth forth sin. 
And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth, what does your translation say? Death. People are dying every day because of sin. They may not be dying because of sin is in their life, but we are dying because of sin. Because when, when, when God told Adam, said, son, this is a beautiful place. I fixed it just for you and your wife. And you can help yourself to any and everything in this place. It's free. But the tree in the middle of the garden, do not mess with it. You don't have any business messing with it. You've got more here to do than you'll ever get done. And then comes the devil. Oh, you surely, you surely you won't die like not right now. And they didn't right now. But the word shall means there was a future death appointment out there somewhere. There's a future death appointment somewhere out there for you and me. It says it is appointed unto man once to die, Hebrews 9, 27. Appointment. We're going to die. Unless Jesus soon comes, we're going to meet death. Hey, death's not going to hurt. Death don't hurt. What hurts is what causes us to die. Okay? And we may, boo, hey, it'd be a blessing just to lay down and go to sleep and not wake up here. But I doubt if that's going to happen to all of us. Some of us are going to really have to suffer before we leave this world. We're going to have to suffer. And I've heard Christians say, I don't know why they're having to suffer so much. I can tell you why. Sin, not necessarily in their life, mind you, but sin is punishment. Hey, it, it will lead, the Bible simply says, I didn't say it, bringeth forth death. Death happens every day. Somebody dies every day. Every day. Temptation leads to sin. If you, uh, if you desire, if you lust, you nourish that lusting, it'll soon get out of hand. And people will say, I didn't intend for this to happen. I didn't intend for this to happen. Well, you know, we got a little dog at home and uh, we're fighting fleas. I put all kind of stuff on her. She wants to be petted. Hey, when I pet her, guess what? I get fleas. I'm saying this. You Listen, youngins. <clears throat> if you run with the dogs, you're going to get fleas. They don't believe it? Just find out. You sleep with a dog, you're going to get fleas. I love dogs, and I petted her so much. I, just, I didn't pick her up. Before I knew she had these fleas, I mean, I'm a petting her. She's all around my feet. Listen, I'm... Three or four days later, I, had, I was a clawing and a scratching. I bet I had eight or ten flea bites on each ankle. Well, hey, that's the result of the fleas. And it leads to the same thing with sin. It'll bring heartaches. It'll bring sorrow. It'll bring punishment. Because that's the way God designed it. He says, if and when you do, this is what's going to happen to you. In Psalm 1, 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The opposite of that is this. Listen. When a man walks with sin, when a man stands where sin is, when a man sits and partakes of sin, it's going to lead to his death eventually. Not, maybe not today, 
But sooner or later, it's going to catch up. And sin, the Bible says, when it is finished, when the sin racket, the race is run, it leads to death. I've had many a funeral since I've been trying to pastor. Many a funeral. Some of those funerals I didn't look forward to at all. You say you look forward to a funeral? Well, when a Christian dies or sold out to person Jesus, hey, it's a good time to share the word. And it's a good, it could be a good funeral. I've heard people say it was a beautiful service. Why? Because it was a Christian that lived and walked and sit and stood where they were supposed to. But when one, one wins walk, when one is walking, one is sitting, one is standing in sin, and hey, everybody knows it. It's not a pleasant thing to try to conduct a funeral under that. Well, last of all, listen, temptation can ultimately bring death out. I mean, we've already looked at it, but look at it again. I want you to see it there. And sin, when it is finished, when it is finished, in other words, it will be finished one day, it bringeth forth death. Yielding to temptation brings death. Sin is a desire of the master Satan. It was his desire to be in charge in heaven. He wanted to be bowed down to. He wanted to be worshipped. And God said, hey, you can't do that. It, I'm the one. I'm in charge. And he was thrown out of heaven. Now let me tell you something. The devil will never ever be able to go to heaven. Never. He had that place, he lost it because of sin. He's going to hell, and he's going to take every person he possibly can with him. Now listen, if you're saved today, okay, your sins are paid for by the blood of Jesus, you don't have to worry about going to hell. What we have to worry about and be concerned about, I don't want to worry about it, but be concerned about is living a Christian life and not breaking God's heart. Not breaking God's heart. And as I said earlier, you, you know what it is to have a broken heart. Some of you do. And I know God is, is one that knows what a broken heart is. In John 15, 5, and I'm finished. John, Jesus said, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Why do you want us to be the branches? To support the fruit that he was going to give us. I'm the vine, he said. Of course, I'm in charge. You're my youngins. You're my branches. And he says, he that abideth. What does that mean? That stays with me. That continues to worship me. I'm going to bless him. And the same person is going to bring forth more fruit. And better fruit. And he says, without me, you can do nothing. I say this, may we... Not be guilty of breaking God's heart. May we not be guilty of breaking one another's heart. May we be faithful to the Lord Jesus. Faithful to his house. Faithful to his servants. And we have many, many servants. If you're lost today, it's amazing grace that can save you. If you're backslidden today, it's still that amazing grace. Call on him, confess those sins, get it out of the way, and worship the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your 
precious word that speaks so clearly to our heart. Lord, may we realize and know that Satan is not happy with us who belong to you. That he will tempt us in all points, in every walk of life, whether we walk in standing or sitting. The devil knows it, and he will tempt us. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just speak to our hearts. And may we obey your holy word in Jesus' name. Amen.